Daniel Cronin's In Conversation With brought to you by Purist Ultra Pure CBD, the first CBD food supplement backed by clinical studies. Purist is not addictive and won't give you high. Loved by actress and TV personality Martine McCutcheon for general coping and rugby legend Mike Tyndall for sleep. Visit the website today on www.puristcbd.com. everybody and Daniel Cronin here in conversation with and this morning I have in the studio Joe Lugdan and Joe is born and raised in Dunkellen Street Joe you're welcome oh, thanks very much Daniel yeah glad to be here yeah tell me this Dunkellen Street many moons ago yes what was it what was it like growing up or oh, tell us Joe Lugdan your family mam and dad Brothers and sisters. People often ask me about which of the Lucknans are you from Loch Ray. <laughs> it's, it's as simple as this. There was four brothers married in the town. Sometime around the 40s, my parents were married in 1950, my father being the youngest of that family. Okay. So I can say four brothers married in the town, all bringing up a families. So I can tell you by the late by the 50s and going into the 60s, there was lots of first cousins in this town. Lots of Lucknans. I met a woman in recent years there out in my colon a few years ago. And I, she was talking about Loch Ray and things like that. She says, she, she, you'd go to a dance there in the Timberlands Hall and there was nothing in it but Lucknans. <laughs> <laughs> so, come here. So we had uh, Lucknans. You you were in uh, Dunkellen Street. Yeah, our, our home was Dunkellen, which was actually the, the grandfather's home as well. Okay, yeah. now, now tell me, yeah. where in Dunkellen Street? Where, where is it? Just now? up from Morrissey's pub there, Grace's were next door and we were the third one up there from the corner, yeah. The third one up there? Just right across the road from Grace's supermarket, say, today now. What's there now? Is there still a house? Is there still a house there? Oh, the house is there, yeah. My my brother Declan has it now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the one? That's not the one with the plaque on the thing of it. No, that's the shop. The, the shop has the plaque of the GA plaque, is it? Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's a bit down from that, yeah. My, ours that. is the third one from the corner. Okay, you left to have a go at it yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and you, and was it big? How many in your family, Joe? Well, six of us in the family. I was born in 1952, so there were six of us. The other five arrived sometime after that. Yeah, it was a big house. It was four bedrooms up. There was a, there was three stories, like you know. So we yeah. had the ground floor for second, and that was it. Yeah, we all got on there. My mother even kept boarders there while we were in it for a while. That was it. Oh, that that was yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell me, uh, your your mum and dad, your mum do uh, uh, boarding, uh, doing some boarders. Uh, your father, what did he do? Well, he, he we had a bit of land. We had a garden over at Corey, and he did jobs around the town, and he did a bit of labour and work and things like that. He worked in Tina Mine then later in his life. You got a job there, yeah. And you had a garden out in Coreen? Just right there across the road from where the tennis court is today. Just them, there's houses okay. along there today. But okay, the way, it, yeah, it yeah. was known as Burke's Garden, but we, we would get in it just at the plantation. We used to have a garden. My father had it for years, and yeah. we used to get it ploughed up, and we would sh- show so Dutch, flat Dutch cabbage, maybe mangles or turnips. We used to have cows in the shed, you see, and this was part of the food for the winter time. Now, uh, where was the shed? The sheds was the back of the house in Lockerbie. That's Rey. right. The, the, that's the right. The back of the house. You, you go in there by Morrissey's. You go up. There's a common yard there at the back of them. Yeah. I went to. Yeah. I called into Pat Quinn oh, a couple yeah. of years ago yeah. with stuff, and that's I couldn't right. believe that's it, yeah. uh, the yeah. sheds around the back there. There is, yeah. There is, yeah. And uh, so you had the. And that time across from the tennis court, were they all? Were they all gardens coming oh, yeah. down from coming yeah, down from oh, yeah. Galway Road or something? Oh, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's fine houses there today. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they were all gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone them. Yeah. 
And, uh, oh, very good. And uh, growing up now, so Dunk- what was Dunkellen Street back in the day like? Was there lots of families on it? Or was well, it a commercial street? If you, or what stu- was if it? you stood at the door of our house, Gately's were right across the road. I believe there's Gately's still living in Lockridge today. On our right was Michael Fraud the barber. Next oh, to him was right. yeah. the Curry's, this little sweet shop. On our left was Grace's grocery shop before the supermarket across the road. That's right. Morrissey's was in the corner, which was the busy public house. Yeah. Smith's were across the road from us to the left, just on the corner there. The Eggler. Smith's. Was he the Eggler? Yeah, I think, yeah, he, he worked on that, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then just the other side of Grace's supermarket there were the Kellys. Who were still there. That's still the there. Johnny, yeah, Joe, and all the bombers. And, and further up the street on our sideways, we had Heinz's pub and grocery shop. And then, of course, next door to that was Hickey's which okay. was known nearly as the Harrods of Lockray. It was a bit posh, as the fellow says. And they had a common archway be- between the... T- I mean, the archway is still there today. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, was, it, was, it, uh, was it very busy going up and down there, or I mean... Yeah, I suppose. I, I remember, well, when, when you ask us a busy, I could, in later years, I could park my car in front of the house in Lockray. On Dunkellen Street there. Dunkel Street. I think he wouldn't be doing it today now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it was busy people walking up and down there, yeah. that lower end of Duncan Street, people walking down Galway Road or Athen Rye Road. Sure, they had to come down that way, really. And yeah. the corner there, then coming down from the Brothers, like we, we call it, down by the where the boathouse is. You know, that was the That's West right. Bridge corner. That was kind of, wouldn't be as busy as it is today with cars, which was certainly busy with people. Yeah, yeah. Now tell us where MacDee's is now. Yeah. What was there? Well, I remember that as the De La Salle Brothers. Their home was there. Not the school, it was where they lived, is it, Joe? Where they lived, exactly. Where that they was lived, it, yeah. yeah. And more or less, there's a big wall there today. And the secondary school was right across the road from it. Which, was, Brin, the, which is the county council office. Which is the today. county council, yeah. yeah. And then the, all the brothers lived there in that house. Yeah, that's right. They were all there. And this also serviced the national school, which was up in Pickett's Lane. And because so right, so the and most of the teachers would have been, uh, would they would they have been brothers or would they have been there would have been a few lay people as well? Would there? Yeah, I the national school was in. Yeah, the, no, they were all brothers. There were uh, Mr. Dervin as the only lay teacher I can remember in okay. the national school, but I, I can remember some very good brothers there. Brother Nicholas was the principal when I was there. There was a brother Fidelis, the man in charge of the boys band. There was a brother Eugene. There was a brother Boniface. They're the only ones that, yeah, that, that was it. I can remember all them people, yeah. yeah. Now, tell me this, um, schooling, would there have been a lot of um, focus on schooling? Everybody would have gone to school, Joe, would they? Oh, yes. And <laughs> what, age, what age would you be going to? Like, to be no, obviously, Montessori or junior or senior, what age would you be going to well, school? Well, I think we, uh, for f- probably five years of age before I started, I was in the infants class, the first, second and third up in the convent. Okay, just that like... Was, they yeah, were okay. the mixed classes. Yes, yeah. And, of course, when you reach... A certain age then, probably after the communion, a De La Salle brother came up one evening, I think it was Brother Eugene for us, and he met the nun in class number three, and he picked the lads were marched up, yeah. and down around the corner there, across the road, down right. by Pat Lucknan's house, which is there today, That's right, and then yeah, yeah. up to the by school, and we were marched into class number one in the national school. How, and how big, like I remember that building, how, how big was it, how, how many rooms in it? As far as I know, there were six rooms, yeah, you go in, the main door, there was a big hallway. Okay. And to the right was first class, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth class. 
Six so class was to the left. That was okay. Account. So there was no uh, first and second or third, but there was plenty of plenty of students. Well, there were six the rooms and six classes. Uh, six rooms, six classes. The six class left every year, and they were all. Everyone was moved up. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, what kind of numbers would have been in the class roughly? Can I you, don't I, know. I, I would say twenty-five or thirty. That's twenty-five I, I or thirty. I, uh, yeah. That's all. But what I would you be? What would you be? Fo- what would they focus on? What should the focus? I suppose at that time was. Um, I don't. I don't have great memories of the early ones, but I, I'll yeah. always remember Brother Fidelis. I think it was out around the edge of the class, reading some Irish. Irish definitely was pushed on us. Okay, the Irish yeah, language, yeah. and reading some Irish novel books. I think that one I didn't like, and uh, I also remember he used to put us around the edge of the class, and we would sing. Um, we would learn the poem actually, "A Nation Once Again." When Byhood's fire was in my blood, I read of ancient freemen. My God, that was the stuff that shook us all. Yeah, and uh, sixth class, I, I, I suppose things kind of sharpened up a bit because we did have a kind of a primary cert went on that time. There was okay. a bit of a test, so we had to kind of have something prepared. I suppose it was the English yeah. studying, there was reading and writing and the copy books and and in, in national school there'd be not there'd be no latin or anything like that in no, national no, school that no, would have been no. but, but when you went into uh down to the the secondary school or what would you call it, the post well, when i finished school? in the in the national school then i did do one year in the secondary school over mm. at the county council offices mm-hmm. today now i was there for the year there was about 13 or 14 was in the class i think we were in the b class really and uh i didn't really like it i i just I must have gone on to my mother anyway, and maybe she knew I wasn't that happy there, and I was shifted down to St. Bridget's Vocational School the following year. Okay. And I started again. Down to, d- down below to by the Abbey? Down by the Abbey there, that's it, yeah. And what was going on down there that time? Well, Mr. O'Grady was the principal. Seamus, yeah. And James I would O'Grady, think uh, yeah. vocational schools were probably expanding at the time. Okay. Because I wasn't long there, and th- my God, that, that, that they had built about 10 prefabs at the back, which was the yes. lovely back garden there and all that. Yeah. All that was going on. There was definitely problems with space and classroom because there was definitely expansion going on. And Mr. O'Grady kind of supervised all that. And I was there for three years then, up to the summer of 1969. The summer of love, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it was a, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did it get to Lockery? <laughs> that was the West Coast of America. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, uh, down in the vocational school, uh, the, vocational, as yeah, the name right, yeah. suggests, yeah. Uh, woodwork and stuff yeah, like woodwork. that. Yeah, woodwork. Mr. Broderick was the woodwork teacher. And we, we actually did mechanical drawing with him. Actually, it was very good. I, I enjoyed every one of them classes. We would draw a piece of wood, on, a, on, a, on the boards and then we would go and make a joint or make a piece I still have a little mirror out in, one, out in my garden shed at home that I made in the tech in Lockray no. in 1967 or no. 68 or something yeah yeah are you yeah. a bit of a hoarder uh, well I have really just the, <laughs> it's, it's only a mirror it's, it's no masterpiece but uh, that's it yeah. and then we had Mr Cleary of course in the metalwork room Oh, yeah, Paddy's father. Yeah, that's right, yeah, Paddy Cleary's father. Yeah, my God, yeah, and we had machinery there. My God, there was lids and drills, and this was kind of heavy gun stuff here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had to turn a piece. I, I, I remember turning a piece of metal once on, on a lid. I'm sure this lid cost thousands of pounds, and I may have left the key in the chuck one day, maybe under pressure. You're supposed to take this key out when okay. you, the thing starts spinning, but it gave a spin anyway. The, the key in the chuck took a spin as well, but... Uh, Everything was okay. There was, there was no and damage. Safety. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was safety. Yeah, there was. And there we was. a lot of filing. And yeah. we, we made a funnel there once. We actually made a chisel in it. 
Fair play, yeah, things fair like play. that. That was all kind of handling. Yeah, we were doing something with our hands. But those two, like as you say, that kind of equipment would have cost a fortune. Oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Would have cost a fortune. Yeah, that would right, be heavy yeah, industry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, right, you finished up there. Now hold on a second. This is uh, when did you join? Was it the 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 when did you join the band? Well, the, the, the band itself was in the National School, of course, Brother Fidelis. That was, was the National School. That was third, okay. fourth, fifth class. Yeah, I was in the band. And, uh, and did everybody kind of join it or was it? I suppose you had to express an interest. I remember going, that Brother Eugene, I think it was the time he used to give us the basic rules of it. And we had to do the scale and a few little things and a few little tunes to pick up. And then once you were fairly efficient at a few of these tunes, you, you got the uniform. You know, the uniform was quite interesting. My God, I remember getting this uniform and carrying it down the street to Loch Rasher. I thought it was the wonderful guy. It was a kilt, yeah. orange. We had orange. A, a green, orange. Yeah, orange kilt with a green waistcoat. Yes. Or an, yes. an orange kilt with an orange waistcoat and a green kind of a short jacket with a, an orange cape and a tara brooch on the left side. We had orange socks with green ribbons. Zigzag mm-hmm. up around it and a bow at the side. And I think we had to wear a buckle on the shoe. I, okay. mem- I remember getting it made in Cocklands. Okay. And, and, and then uh, we also had a little black kind of a carbine cap with a, with a feather out the top of it. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them uniforms, but I know there was a store of them in the third class of that whole national school. There must okay. have been about 40 or 50 of them. So you'd literally just be, uh, you'd have it, you'd oh, have yeah, it, you'd that have was it yours while you're in it and then it's handed back. <laughs> you'd have it till, till you grew out of it and then, my, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll come here in a second, we'll, we'll think about that in a second, because I, I remember Daffy telling me, uh, I was interviewing yeah. Daffy, yeah. and Daffy had to stand up and say, hey, I want to be in this. So to show that yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Uh, he felt he was being discriminated. Oh, Daffy was a fairly talented guy in it. I, I would say, <laughs> I, I know who you're talking about. There, he was definitely, you know, probably. Yeah, anyway, yeah. come here. We're going to have. A and he pursued a, a career in music after that. He, he did. He, he did. did. It was yeah. the start of something yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, come here. We're going to have a, one of the little tunes, and hopefully that you remember. You remember a couple of tunes that you'd played in that band. What were the? the you mentioned. Three I remember there, whoever was the main drummer who'd be in the centre of the band, and the left and right of him would be the two kittle drums. Uh, the main drummer would call out the tunes, and all I can remember is three of them. Roddy McCarty, Plan the Herden, and Kelly of Callan. <laughs> and the kettle drums would kick in, and then the boys and the tin whistles would start moving. One, two, three, then after that, that now, was they, they, Just before we go, we're going to go into Ke- Kelly from Killan there, Lou Kelly. Oh, hopefully this is the same one. But uh, um, if... What's his face? Uh, what would you be? What, what would you do? You'd, you'd be in the band. You'd be brought out on Paddy's Day. You'd be brought out to march. Well, first of all, we had to learn how to march, and secondly, yeah. we had to learn how to keep in step. Now that was a fair difficult one. Okay, brother Fidelis, in the middle of the big hall there in in the national school, and we'd be going around in twos, and if any guys were out of step, and then we had to give that little skip to get into step. <laughs> yeah, we had to go the left and right foot together. This was all very very important. But once we got out in the rows, and we were rows of four. Yeah. We were lined up in the fours. And that road there, Picket Lane is called today, isn't it? Yeah, in front yeah, yeah. Thing. We would go up and down that. We would turn at one end. We'd come back down. We'd loop again up and down. That's when we're getting ready to hit more or less Barrick Street or maybe there was a celebration coming up or yeah. uh, things like that. But you'd yeah. be pulled out for, say, the Paddy's Day or maybe uh, a church yeah, that's procession right, yeah. or something. Anything like well, that. I, the only real one I can remember, I know there's a photograph of this going around Loch Ray. I have it at home was the 50th anniversary of the 1916 Rising. It, it was held there on the grounds of the Cathedral in Loch Ray. Okay. Now there was hundreds and hundreds of people around the place. But we've supplied the music. 
which was probably the national anthem and things yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of, uh, yeah. yes. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to have uh, Luke Kelly here, the Kelly uh, from Killan. So hopefully we remember this or this is, this is the one, this is the one, but we'll let it play away there now anyway. Uh, Luke Kelly. I'd like to sing a song, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great rebel song of Ireland, great rebel song of the world called Kelly the Boy from Killan. banging those tunes out yeah. and you're instrumental only there was nobody uh, belting out those uh, song words oh there was nothing there was just, just the thing like that the tune I think there was, there was about five or six sets of tunes and they yeah. were written on the ki- on the large drum so he could just take one to five whichever way just roll them on then that was it and we usually came down Barry Street looped around by the Westbridge corner and up the main street again and I remember St Paddy's Day we used to often go to the county home we used to play a few tunes up there in the quadrangle for the patients. Oh, very good. And I think we used to get a box of sweets. And weren't you happy? We're, we're very happy. 
<laughs> now you were the you were the oldest of uh, your family, and uh, how many more came after you, Joe? Yeah, my my sister Mariette. Now she's married down in Roscommon. I had Brendan, my the, the next man. He he ended up in the guard of the Shia Khan. He's living up in County Mead. Noel lives in Galway now, and he's uh, he was living. He 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 was uh, he he ended up as in the catering business like me. Declan is living up there near Grange at the moment. And my brother Gerard was at the other Garda, and he's living down in Port Leash. Okay, very yeah. good. So you were down, now we're down here in the vocational down beside the Abbey. And yourself and a friend of yours, is it, what do you say, Kilgannon? Uh, a man called Paddy Gannon from Athen Rye. He Paddy used to Gannon. come up from Athen Rye every day to the vocational school. That's that was... My God, because Athen Rye had no vocational school at the time. How? Well, he got the train up from Athen Rye, trained, ch- train, changed at a timing, and <laughs> he was up. In, in Lockray, he was always in the school before us. Was it very cheap? Well, I don't know. He had no other way of getting up from Matt and Rye. He, I, he travelled in the train. And I've met the man in recent years, and he often talks about it, coming up to Lockray. But I think we used to share the workbench table in the woodwork room with Mr. Broderick. And I think we made a bit of a plan that we, we see, might have seen an ad somewhere in some magazine, or I don't know if there's any career guidance. We, we, <laughs> we, were, we were going to imagine. go for this hotel school in Matt and Rye. Yeah. It was known as St. Uh, Mary's Institute of Hotel Crafts. And we got notification to go to an interview in the morning. was St. Father Griffith Road Vocational School mm-hmm. in Galway. Mm-hmm. And a man called Seamus Cunnan interviewed us both mm-hmm. for the, the, the oh, school. Oh, he went into which is GTI we went to Galway, now. Yeah, went, Father Griffith is GTI Yeah, we, now. we had to do the interview. In there. And I remember one of the questions was, look, at, can you name four seaside resorts in Ireland? There's nothing quite like that. But we, we were just going from one vocational school to another training college, yeah, really, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. So we, both of us seem to have got there. And uh, we started there, I think, about the second week of September 1969. Okay. I, I went on my, I think my mother got Billy Durvin to drop me down. Or my mother came with me. And we just parked outside. And that is the building today that's part of the Galway Roscommon Educational Training Board. That is their headquarters. That is the building. Oh, yeah, beside yeah, yeah. the station. Beside the station there. That's it, yeah. Okay. And I believe in its day gone by, Ronan Killeen now, is, he does a few bits and yep. thing. Ronan has done a bit of a history of it as a hotel. Yeah. Way back in the turn of the century yeah. and stuff. And he's brought it up to the hotel school, yeah. It looks lovely. Yeah, oh, it's a fine I mean, I mean, it looks lovely. Now, yeah. I don't know how... Even today, it looks. Functional it functional yeah. it would, because there's a couple of people yeah, yeah. in offices down in the kind of the basement. Oh, there it, yeah. It's, uh, it's their headquarters today. It is, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I suppose the Galway County VEC owned the building. I don't know who actually owns the building. Oh, I'd I, imagine I would, so, I would, because the Irish school is yeah, yeah. built on that campus yeah, as well. Yeah. The post-primary yeah. Uh, yeah. Irish school has been built. But actually, they've moved out to what it used to be. Mm. Uh, they moved out. But tell me, so you, now, you, did you stay down there? Oh, yeah, it was residential. Residential. And uh, there was chefs and waiters, of course. I'd say they took in about 17 or 18 each year, so that would be, okay. that they'd be kind of like two sixteens or two seventeens would be the capacity of the place. Yeah, we, we stayed in the place. I, I, when I went down that September, I probably didn't see Loch Ray again until about a week before Christmas because I was down there. But I kept in contact with my mother. I sent the letter now and then. I would often give her a phone call. Okay. Up, now, we didn't have a phone in Loch Ray, but of course, Mary and Nancy Morrissey there in the corner always had the phone and she, the, Nancy was Mary was very good to call my mother Joe's on the phone up from Athen Rye and I think she used to send me down a few bob now and then as well I, I, I oh needed it for the bar of chocolate and the can of coke of course we used to get out for two hours every Saturday down around Athen Rye and that was it that was it yeah it was a fairly we'd be up in the morning we went to mass every morning we crossed the road there we crossed that railway bridge yeah. the, 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 the walkway bridge we went down to the, the church in Athenry. We had mass at 8 o'clock. 
we got back to the hotel school we had the breakfast the bowl of porridge and wherever it was and then we, some of us maybe in kitchens some of us was probably some went into the dining room getting ready and some then had theory class and that's the way it was around there there is a couple of buildings out the back there I think there's a Gale skull there today they have them buildings at the back they do they, they do, do they, yeah. they, they've actually moved that's, that's, they've, they've moved to the old tech we now. used to call that the new building that, that, they were all part of our classrooms actually yeah, out, yeah. out the back there and we did we did, we did training we had a, a cookery book called The Practical Cookery it was an English edition, and we actually did City and Guilds of London exams. Okay. At the end of the first year and at the end of the second year. So two years. Two years, yeah. And then were you ever put out in placement in those two years? Yes, uh, my first year, and which was the summer of 1970, I was sent to the Old Grounds Hotel in Innes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got the train from Athenry straight down to Innes. It was very simple, really. And I just walked up the road to the Old Grounds, and I had a letter for the manager called Mr. Oatfield was his name. Okay. That's all I know about the man. And he gave me a quick tour of the hotel and told me I'd be spending the summer in the grill bar. Grill bars were all the go them days. Okay. Now, I was a fella that didn't even know how to turn the steak, but sure, I was going to learn that pretty fast anyway, like. <laughs> and uh, I spent the summer in the old grounds in Innes, up to about the 20th of August, I think, yeah. And you're saying that well, you're after two years learning... No, that was my first year now. That was just the first, the first oh, summer. Oh, this is yeah. the place with your placement doing for the first year. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, of course, by I think we're back the first week of September again, then second years had to be back a week earlier. And we were back again, I did the second year. After that, then I was sent to the Great Southern Hotel, which is now the Merrick, isn't it? The, the, yes, the, the Air Square. Yeah, Square, yeah. Square. I was sent there. I spent about a year and a half in that then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Was it tough? Was it tough? Yeah, it was. There'd be, be long hours, wouldn't they? Yeah, there was, yeah. You'd be split shifts and all that. But you, you got used to all that. And, you uh, would, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, even yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, chefing would be... And they actually sent me to Switzerland then the summer... Who did? The winter of the second year. I was sent to Zurich, actually. A restaurant somewhere south of Zurich... I think the name of the town is Herlenbach or Erlenbach. And the name of the restaurant was Kittenmool. I, I'll always remember it. I spent six months there from about October, yeah. November, December, the, January. The Merrick, the Great Southern sent you over well, there. Well, they sent you out. This is training now, of course. This is training mm, for mm-hmm. further employment in the hotel. Yeah. And, and the hotels wouldn't be that busy during the wintertime. So okay, it was okay. a way of holding on to staff and keeping, you know. Yeah, and upscaling. Like, yeah. And what was, what was Switzerland like? My, that's a oh, Switzerland, Zurich. I, I got out there. I remember I landed at Zurich Airport. And I think I had to do, the, the I was checked for TB. I remember that so you well. I was coming for, for Ireland TV. at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then I got into the the city and I remember getting a train. Now, I had instructions, of course, to this place called Erlenbach, which was about 15 miles south of Zurich there. I got the train and I got out of the station. And, of course, I had to find now find this restaurant. But I believe the restaurant was about three miles away, of course. I wouldn't be able to walk. But I I, I got a taxi and I got there. And they looked after me very well. It was a German-speaking Okay. German speaking okay. area. So it was a speciality restaurant. We had beautiful dishes like fondues and roast fillet of veal with lemon sauce, my God. And uh, we used to do what else was another speciality on it. Um, oh, my God. They, 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 they did. Oh, yeah. There's some decadent, wonderful, wonderful dishes. Kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah. And actually, they, they actually sent me home that Christmas because the place was closing down. And the manager asked me, would I like to go home? And I said, I don't mind at all. But uh, of course, I couldn't afford it. And he said, we will pay for the ticket. So, so I was I was sent home that Christmas, yeah. Because they do, like, I mean, the ticket would have cost a fortune. And well, I, 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 mean, no, I remember, I remember getting no out. There was no Ryanair's 
I got out to Zurich Airport again. I must have been on standby for a flight, and I got I got to Dublin. And of course, I had to get down to Galway again. Yes, yeah, the train. Da- yeah, down. I think <laughs> I might have to spend a night in Dublin if you come in late, and you okay. have to get down to Galway the next day. Then and that's the way it was. Down to Lockray. I was at home for that Christmas anyway. Oh, that'd be. Uh, and I'm back again then in early January, back to Zurich again, and I think I came home then that May. Yeah, that'd be May of seventy-two, seventy-three. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, compared from coming from Loch Ray, yeah. Rye to go over yeah, to yeah. a place like that, it would have been hugely different, surely. Yeah. No, I didn't it? go back to the Great Southern. I, I, I just, I, I had my mind made up. I wasn't going back. And I one day I was thumbing into Galway around that time, and a priest gave me a lift, just more or less along the road there where the Loch Ray Hotel is. Mm-hmm. And he, he just said, oh, yeah. And, this, and he said to me, what are you doing? And I said, I look, I'm looking for a job, really. I'm a bit of a chef. And I says, and he said, would you like to work for us? And I got employment that summer in the Redemptress Retreat House in Merrifield, which is now the part of the Galway Mayo Institute of Technology today. Okay. They own the arts department, but they had a big building there and they used to be doing retreats and bits. Inside, and, well, uh, up by Well Park? Up by Well Park. That okay, was it, yeah. that's where the art is that's there. Art, yes, yeah, that's, yeah. And I was there for that summer. Now, as a, that was a day job, of course. That was a kind of a nine to five. Yeah. And I used to do a bit of part-time work in a restaurant in Eglinton Street in Galway called the Vintage Rooms, right across the road from the post office. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And is the, did you live in Galway then? Oh, I lived, I li- yeah, I, had, I, I was staying in accommodation up Prospect Hill, actually, in Galway. Yeah, and yeah. what was the, I mean, a digs or Oh, just, just, just digs, yeah. That was all, yeah. There was, there, was, there was no food. You'd be down in the morning, you would get the breakfast somewhere. And yeah, yeah, you worked. Oh, yeah, it was strictly just a bed, yeah, yeah. What was Galway City like then? Well, I suppose I was a young man. Sea Pint was there and the talk of the town was there. I wasn't really drinking them days, so I wasn't going in the pubs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, not everybody was drinking either. I mean, people yeah, yeah. would have gone out dancing yeah. or whatever was, yeah. like that. That, that's, you know? that was the entertainment, yeah. And would you see, would there be, should there be a bunch of Loch heads flying into Sea Pint at weekends, would there? Yeah, I never, I, 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 I have no member meeting Loch Ray fellows in Sea Pint. Are you serious? I, 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 would, I would get the bus out to Saw if I, if I had the Bob Burn. It was always a weekend thing anyway. If, yes, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. imagine uh, Galway seems uh, lovely and small, but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 fantastic. Mm. And tell me, now, you're heading on there. Where, where are you going now? Where are you going now? Well, I was there then, of course, I met my my wife, Bridie. We, we met up that time, and she was going to London nursing. And I think we hit off maybe, was it 74? I followed her over. She keeps telling me I followed her over <laughs> to London, and I got on with my life. And Bridie was training to be a nurse. It's yeah. in a hospital somewhere in South London. And I got a job in, actually, I, my, my first job in London was in the Tara Hotel. Aer Lingus had a hotel in Kensington called the Tara Hotel. Oh, nice, nice area I, anyway. I was there. Now, I did spend a few weeks in a Windsor Hotel in Lancaster Gate. And then, of course, as, as you get to know London, you, you kind of move around. And it's easy enough change in the catering business. And I, got, yes. I stayed in the Tara for about a year and a half. And while I was there then, I did go to Westminster Technical College down near Victoria Station. I did a kind of an advanced city and guilds which was a topping up of the city and guilds we actually did in the hotel school in Atham Rye. Okay, still, obviously still... Well, I was trying to pursue my career as best I could, and yeah. I was getting on with it, and there was a test on or an exam, and you had to do that. So I, I did two years part-time. It used to be a Tuesday. It was one of my days off every week. I went down, I got the tube train to Victoria Station, walked into the, uh, the, this college, which was kind of just down a few mm-hmm. streets, and I stayed there for the day, and that was it. I did the exam, and that was it. So then I, I got a job then, actually, with a catering company in the city of London. Yeah. We used to be doing all that. And I, 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 I have memories of, uh, I think 1977 might have been the 25th 
anniversary of the the queen's coronation or the okay. or so the, huge I remember we we did a huge job in the in the guild hall in London mm -hmm. a, a lunch 1500 people kind of a thing and all okay. this oh, I suppose the the whole royal family was there and all that but actually I picked up a menu of it I still have it at home today it was roast beef fillet anyway and fruit salad with some fancy cream in it and things like that. That's all I remember, really. For, and it was a big affair, really. And now I used to work in the mansion house in the city of London. That, yeah. was, that was where I was stationed yeah. with the catering company, but then we would be... And then there used to be a big uh, battleship on the Thames there, HMS Belfast. I actually worked in that because we would be sent down there doing lunches and dinners. The, the food would come from a depot, and we a chef would have to go over it then, like um, that. Um, the battleship would be there. Is well, it, it's, it was it moored just, on the thing. It was it moored was just on. It was uh, just there. It's 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 at at, at Tower Bridge there. And I believe it's still there today. Still there today. It's familiar. Now there was all these uh, livery halls around the city of London as well, Stationers Hall and all that. These. What, these what are they? Well, there's kind of um, guild halls. I think they were called or guild craft guild. Yes, okay. Thing, yeah. So it'd be a Stationers Hall and. Tallow Chandler's Hall and all that. We, okay. used to, we used to have to do do's and that. This was a fairly big business there now, and it was our catering company that used to service them for okay. the, for the okay. banquets yeah, and the food yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, very good, remember. very yeah. good. Yeah. And Camille, when you were in London that time, would it have been... So you were in London in the mid-70s? I was in London from about 74, 75, 76, going on to a bit into 77. Yeah. Oh, would you have ever headed up to... Where the Irish crew were hanging no. out in the Galtie Moor no. and stuff like that. I did go to the Galtie Moor and myself and Bridie used to go to the Hibernian Club actually in Fulham Broadway. Same but job, a big dance hall. That was another Irish dance hall. But I, I never, I, no, I never went up the Kelty Moor and, and drinking and the pubs and all that. I, I, I No, I didn't do that. I, I just kept to myself and all that. Mm. And of course, yeah, yeah, that, that's the way it was there. And I, I had a second job as well. I, I remember I was in the Tara before I went off with that thing. I used to work in a, in, in a pub in London. It was called the Prince of Wales. Okay. Just off High Street, Kensington there in London. I used to, I was a part-time worker as well in London. If you wanted to make a few bob. Yes. Yeah, you yeah, had to work yeah. and that was it. And of course they were the so anti-social hours or something. You'd yeah, be working yeah, when everybody it, yeah. else would be out. And around that time then I think I bought a motor car. I did the, the British School of Motoring and learned how to drive. Okay, good And idea. then I bought a motor car. I remember the number was TBH131J. That oh, was what, the, good man, what, <laughs> the number. Good man. What type was it? It was a Ford Escort Mark II, as far as I can make oh, out. Oh, yeah, they were very it, yeah. popular, very popular for rally drivers. I bought it off a carry man. I gave him 500 English sterling for it, I remember, at the time. like yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. And I had it for years. I remember when I came back two years later, I still had it. I remember I had it when I was in Hayden's and Banlaslow after that. I remember a guard coming up to me one day and he said, you might want to get that re-registered. Oh, he, he thought he was, he thought he was a tourist, uh, but I wasn't a tourist anymore. And I was now working in the place, <laughs> going around with an English registered car. wasn't good, like, you I know. Slipped, yeah, yeah. I slipped your mind. Dude. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah good Would you have taken off in the car with, sorry, what's your your wife's name? Bridie. Bridie, Bridie yeah, would, yeah. You have, would you have taken off and gone? Not really, in, no. I know I kept around. I, I used to live up Kinsel Rise, I think was the place. I used to come down the Harrow Road, but Bridie used to do as she did midriffy out in Barking, which was in East London. Yes, yeah, now yeah, I know what you yeah. I do that run on a Sunday, but I, I tell you, I wouldn't do it during the weekday. Now, Hyde Park Corner is a fairly thrifty one if you wanted to get into it. I went the, through it once. The, the roundabouts of all roundabouts. There's yes. about six lanes into it, and they're yes. all four rows deep and all that. Yeah, so it was. But I, I kind of went towards Piccadilly. I went through the city. I, I went the same route that the buses went. I kind of was good with them routes and I okay. stuck to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah, did, yeah. And there was no sat nav, of course. So you just kind of 
Well, fair play to you. Yeah. Fair play to you. I went through once yeah, yeah, with yeah. a sat nav roaring at me. Mm. You're in the wrong lane, and it was going around through that. There was yeah, the yeah. lanes, yeah, yeah. unbelievable, yeah. frightening. Anyway, come here before we hit off. We have uh, we we we'll, we'll have a little music interlude, and uh, I was pressing you, Joe, for a song. So you remember uh, going into the the Temperance Hall uh, at cer- a certain time, and maybe listening to this being belted out by one of the. Well, actually, I came through Lockray here this evening. I was coming out, and the lights looked splendid, and the town looks good, oh, yeah. and all that. And I, you did ask me for some tunes that, be, and I, I haven't a great head for music, <laughs> but I do associate a song with a place or a or a thing or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I'm good with that, and I have a vague memory of walking through that door in the hallway of the Temperance Hall, going through the door into the big hall. Mm-hmm. Christmas time, decorations are on. And somebody could have been Dickie Rock, I don't know who it was, <laughs> singing this song. Very good, very good. So this is uh, Jim Reeves and uh, the the Merry Christmas Polka is what it's called here. This is Christmas season, so there isn't any reason we can't dance the Christmas Polka. Here's sleigh bells ringing, everybody singing. Dancing the Christmas polka Christmas trees and holly Make everyone so jolly And love just fills the air It's a wonderful world For a boy and a girl While dancing the Christmas polka The Merry Christmas polka Let's dance, let's dance, let's dance As they dance neath the mistletoe It's a sight to behold For the young and the old The Merry Christmas Polka Festive time of year. I actually don't know if I heard that too often, but uh, Christmas is coming, uh, Joe. So that's a lovely one to be bla- have been blasted out in the Temperance Hall. Um, you're over in London now. Yourself from yeah, Brian, he's there you, in you London. Yeah, Brian is there. And we we did decide we actually were going to come home. And uh, I think it might have been the summer of '78. We actually le- I had a car, of course, now, and we came home. We packed it and we left London, and I came home and. 
I might have spent a week actually in Park House in Galway, but Bridie got a job in Port Yonkla in Banislaw, of course, in mm-hmm. the maternity hosp- uh, unit there. Yeah. And of course, I rambled over there one evening, went down to Hayden's, I met the manager there called Mr. Pearson. And me, I knew the catering business, they're always looking for a chef. And I met this manager and I said, Look, are you looking for a chef? And I was interviewed. Mm-hmm. And I was down the night thing. Now, there was a, a Dublin man was the, was the chef there at the time. And I was, uh, suddenly, I, I just started there a week later. Yeah. I left Park House and went down there, and uh, I was there for about a year and a half then. Yeah. And that wasn't a big thing. Were you always leaving London? Were you always, Oh, yeah, I, I, I never There was plans. never a thought oh, that no, this is going never. to be your that, thing. That was never, uh, no, no, no. Bridie was over yeah, school, right, yeah. getting her uh, yeah, yeah. nursing. Yeah, you were right. tr- You were continuously training the whole time. Yeah. So you're back. You're back in Ballinasloe now. Yeah. You bought a house in Ballinasloe? No, we, we got married then, that, that 78. 78, yeah, summer. I was in Haynes at the time. and uh, Where's Bridie from? Where Bridie is from Chum, actually. She's from Chum. Bridie's from Chum. And yeah, you yeah. met her? I Sorry. Where did you meet her? We met her probably 74 in, in the in Sea Point, did in I? Sea Point. That's, oh, fine, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, we're off there in Banlaslaw, and I was working down in Haydens, and uh, Bridie was in Port Youngtown, and we, we did buy a house, actually, in Hillcrest, Banlaslaw. Oh, yeah. Number 28 was the house. And... Um, I was working hard down there. It was a busy place, Hayden's. Yeah, Morning, yeah, noon, yeah. and night between weddings every day during the summer in the in the ballroom there. And then we had the restaurant business and then there was evening restaurant. It Cadence was flying. My God, if you're on the main road from Dublin to Gala, everybody oh, stopped at yeah, Hayden's. Hayden's, Hayden's, Hayden's was yeah. the place to go. And that was, was run by the O'Carroll family, Billy Carroll. And his mother used to be there as well. And um, the manager was Peter Pearson. And there used to be two shifts in the kitchen. We kind of, I was, I was the chef, and I kind of, kind of was there all the time. Yeah. And um, we would knock it out. We would all the turkeys came down from County Monaghan, <laughs> and they arrived there a week's supply of turkeys, red oven ready turkeys, and that was it. We cooked them, and then there was hams, turkey and ham, and roasts, and busy lunches, and mashed potatoes, and cream of vegetable soup, and the desserts, and so yeah. you were and, and like like with chef, and you're yeah. you're you're going all over the place. Then you hit for Galway and you go to where the GMIT is Well, the GMIT were expanding and there was a bit of thing going on, recruitment going on and I did uh, attend an interview the summer of 79 and I did, I was informed one day, look, you have the job if you want it. And I think I jumped for it and I was a young man and uh, I decided I was even though I had just bought a house in Banlaslow, of course, I should say that as well. We yeah, were living yeah, there, yeah. and Bridie was nursing there. But sure, I drove. I had the car still for a while, or I had a different car at this stage now. Yeah. Did you want to get out of the kitchen? No, no, I, I knew I was still going to be a cook as well, but I was kind of figuring out, I'm, what age will I be? when I, will, will I stick this out? I'm like, will, will I reach 50 or 60 years of age? Like, that's the way it is. Yeah, the yeah, kitchen. that was yeah, a hard yeah, life, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you moved in here now, so now you were uh, teaching. Yeah, I got, a, I got a job there as a, as a college teacher, the basic grade at the time, and uh, I progressed through, through that, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you moved in. You moved into Galway We, we moved into Galway. Actually, I think we bought a house in Lurgan Park there in Galway in 83. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. And mm. you enjoy, did you enjoy teaching? Yeah, I, I was 32 years in the regional college in Galway. Well, hopefully you enjoyed yeah, it, yeah. Enjoy, that would yeah, have been yeah. a long 32 good, yeah. years. Yeah, And uh, you saw a lot of changes, I'd say, in GA. Yeah, the place expanded and students were, uh, yeah, students were good. I, 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 I know students were in there and they were sent there by their parents. Yeah. Male and female, boys and girls. And they all wanted uh, uh, to learn about cooking, this yeah. wonderful craft that they were seeing so much on the television and Jamie Oliver and reading the books. <laughs> and we, of course, had exams in as well. We were doing city and guilds 
exams in my early days in the Regional College. And then by about the mid-80s, that had to change with European Union law. Mm-hmm. And I think that we had to have national, national, national state certification, more or less. That's right, yeah, for, yeah. for our own. That was for all trades now, I yes, should say, yeah, as well. Yeah. So I was involved in putting that curriculum together and things like that. That was, you know, the, in the, the mid-80s. Going yeah. into the 90s, and that's the way we have our own thing now as well. Now, that's all changed now again because I understand these young people now come from the CAO system. That's right. And there's now known as the culinary arts, and there's more levels to that. You know, Sounds good. Yeah, there is, yeah. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. The culinary arts, okay. Yeah. Now, um, we better get on to this before we run out of time. Um, your great interest, because... Uh, I was given the heads up to reach out to you because I was talking to Coleman. You have a great interest in, uh, tell us, so I'll say World War One, but it's not World War One. It's the, it's the local people well, from we, around we, here. We have a memorial over there at the, at, at the county council offices there. We put it there 2008, I believe. Now, mm-hmm. what got me into this? Maybe I read too many panic comics as a young man and about things like that. Look, in the mid-90s, I think we went for a family holiday Bridie, myself, and our young sons, and I was out in Belgium. Now, I was about a 46 or 7-year-old man at that time, and I was over there in Yeeps in Belgium, and I was, and there's about 100 cemeteries around that town, because the British held that, that area during the four, four, yes. World War I. And I remember going into these cemeteries, and I would see Irish names. My God. And as you go into every cemetery of there, there's a little book and a little box on the wall. You get, you, it's, 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 a, it's a ranked order thing, you know, alphabetical order kind of names. Yes, yeah. And you would see Irish names with Irish addresses. Now, I, I, I knew nothing about this. Nobody ever told me anything about this in, in school. Yeah. That was it. And, we, and I used to train my, my... Well, I didn't train, though. I used to encourage my young lads to run down the rows of the crosses and look for crests of the Irish regiments like the Connacht Rangers, yes. the Munster Fusiliers, the Irish Guards... The Leinster Regiment, the Royal Irish Regiment, the Royal Irish Fusiliers, these were all these regiments that recruited Irish men in this country okay. at the turn of the century yeah. leading up to that. And that was it. And I, I was absolutely shocked. Yeah, yeah. With the amount, the amount there. of people, yeah. And as you say, this is something that was never talked about. Well, I didn't, I didn't get it. Well, it wasn't in school. It wasn't in the school I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were running around a nation once again and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. That yeah, off, yeah, yeah. And you weren't listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you came back from that. Obviously, you're uh, to, uh, not to, your interest. Well, my interest developed in that. I, I certainly bought a few books and I went to the War Memorial in Island Bridge in Dublin and it's up there and cut into stone 49,737 men from this island were killed in that war. Now, there probably weren't all Irish really, but I understand with the latest, the latest research, about 31 or 32,000 of them men were actually from the Republic. Okay. The rest being from Northern Ireland or well, maybe from plenty. England. Yeah, that was plenty. Yeah. And then I got interested in the, 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 the infantry regiment called the Connacht Rangers. Coleman was involved with me there in that. And sure, I progressed from there. And then I got, I, I read everything I could on them. They had about four battalions going through Flanders or, or Gallipoli or wherever they were at the time. Had they, had they headquarters in Connacht someplace or what was the Well, the, the, they had a depot on Bile, but there was Renmore Barracks was the regimental depot, as, as I understand. And, and, and you say four battalions. How many people, how many soldiers? Well, they, oh, sorry. They, they, they the, first, the first battalion Connacht Rangers happened to be out in India when the war broke out. There was about a, seven or eight hundred men in that. Was that the Indian mutiny? No, no, that, mind no that sorry, was later, yeah. the, the, the second now. battalion Connacht Rangers happened to be stationed in Aldershot in London. So when that war broke out in August 14, they were the first groups to move 
Okay. To okay. Belgium. That was the Battle of Mons and all that happened there mm. was the retreat of the of the advancing uh, German armies. Okay. Now, I believe a lot of them were killed and that battalion, that actually uh, battalion of Connacht Rangers were decimated by October 14. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there was no more 2nd Battalion Connacht Rangers. Now, the 1st Battalion were, were, were in India. They were shifted all the way up the Suez Canal, up to Marseille, up through France, up to Picardy, and they were fighting with the Indian Army now, I should say, as well. Okay. They, they weren't just on their own. Yeah. And there was other Irish regiments there. And it was later than the 5th and 6th Battalion Connacht Rangers were formed, they made up they made up more or less Kitchener's armies, as we call it, the, the, okay. the, the recruited armies, which were later in the war. Because you'd yeah. say the first and second, these lads were in situ. Yeah, yeah. They were trained, so just oh, yeah. so they were ready to they were ready to be mobilised oh, immediately. Ready. Oh, yeah, they, they were full-time professional soldiers. They were full-time professional yeah. soldiers. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, because, and... Um, so you have, and you you found a book, or is it a book? Well, Willie Hen- around that time, 2008 or seven or eight, Willie Henry and Galway pro- published a book, uh, Forgotten Heroes. And he has lists and lists and lists of names in it. I believe, I've counted it, there's 1,100 names in the book of men from County Galway that were killed in World okay. War I. Yeah. And of course, I'd be flicking through this book and I'd see Lockray addresses. Now, myself and Coleman did call it Lockray area. So from Kilrikel to Kilcreast, from Kilnadema, down to UN, we, if you draw a circle around all that, yeah. we, we made up about 56 men from the Lockray area or a Lockray address and were died, killed in were World killed. War One. Now, okay. some of them were born in Lockray, some of them maybe lived for a while in Lockray, but they had Lockray's address. And we were always happy with the 56 until one day, myself and Coleman did a bit of a talk for the Lockray Active Retirement. We were invited to do it, Coleman arranged it, up in Kinsella's. Hotel, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're there and we give the talk and we probably bored them all together listing off all these names and the PowerPoint and all that. <laughs> and a couple of ladies weren't long telling us, lads, you forgot the men from Lockray that died in World War II. What about them? And they gave us four names and they were right. I now had to go researching these and we had to put them on the list. That brought it up to 60. Yes. And only in the last year, Coleman met somebody here in Lockray and we heard of a lady, the first woman came on it, a sister, Gertrude Dervin. She was in the Imperial Nursing Service and she was killed aboard a ship coming from somewhere in the Indian Ocean in February 1944. And she was from, I, I see Martin and Ellen Dervin, Lockray. That's all I have on her from the, from the records. Okay. So there was a lady, she was probably a nurse. They were probably recruiting nurses getting ready for Normandy, which was coming yes. up in 44. Yeah. And... I think it was a Japanese submarine or something that, that, that sank the ship and that was oh that. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. To become from the, the name of the ship, by the way, was Keldiv Ismail. Okay. That, that was it, okay. yeah. So that made it up to 61 now. Okay. That made okay. it up to 61, yeah. Men and, uh, men and women. Men, men and we have one woman in it. Now, woman. I am absolutely sure there are other people from this town that were in the American armies. Okay. World War One. Okay. Maybe World War Two. Yes, and there's another list, of course, we haven't really started on yet in Loch Ray. Men, well, relatives, men from this area who, 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 who went to World War I and came back, or were in World War II yeah. and came back. Yeah. So they must be around. Maybe, sure, Coleman is here in the town. Everybody knows him. They could, could approach him. Y- approach and, him uh, and say that, I, yeah. We, we need to be thinking about that as well. Like, you oh, know, absolutely. That's, that's enough, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember chatting with Coleman and, and uh, I'm nearly sure my, my mam's 
Uncle Tommy mm. uh, went to World War One and uh, came back, yeah. and they never discussed it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. never discussed. Now I know yeah. Uncle Fimber was very yeah, interested yeah, yeah, in it, yeah, yeah. but uh, it was a thing that was never discussed. That's right, uh, Joe. That's right. Yeah, it wasn't. I, now we had our own history itself. I would oh, say 100%. we had 1916. We had our War of Independence. We had there, there was other things there going was on a lot in this going state. On. There was a and lot I, going and on. I think we should all approach history as the big picture, yeah. rather than approaching history as the little narrow, small picture. Yeah. And take as much in. But how can this town or this area forget 60 men? Yeah. And yeah, one yeah. woman that died. And the in, effect it has on the families. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, right, it's yeah, yeah. 60 people, but yeah, I mean, that's right, people yeah. would have been depending on that. That's right. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they didn't. It's go, huge. Like, they, yeah. they went to, like, for the most part, it would have gone because hmm. there were, like, no money. They, I mean, right, there, yeah. there would have been a financial thing. That's was, right, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, sending yeah. stuff home. Yeah. And uh, no, and tell me now, and you you really went into this, and I see there that you went, um, you gave a talk in uh, what was it? You gave a talk through the county council. Does I see a couple? Well, I've been involved with Marie Mannion then with the memorial yes. thing. Yeah, she, yeah. Marie, we just do it. But over the years, then with the Lockray Memorial Group, I've had seminars yes. out in the Lockray Hotel, and I always got involved with them, and I always kind of promoted the Connacht Rangers as best I could. Yeah. And I was up against. She, she invited other lecturers, and we kept that going for years and years and years. That's still going. Now, of course, we we have the Fury family here in Lockray, yeah. which everybody knows about the Fury family, and that's entirely based on an article in the Tomb Herald. Dated August 1915. Now, I'm sure it was copied on from some English paper. Okay. And that was it. It's about the Fury family, the five brothers from the Fury family that were killed in World War One. Yes. And then, of course, we have this other man from Lockray, which is the other little plaque over there at the county council offices, John Oliver. Now, who's John Oliver? Now, John Oliver was a soldier in the British Army from about 1907 to 1914. He did his seven years like any good soldier. And he was due to leave it and he had finished. But of course, First World War put an end to all that. And John Oliver was shifted with the Connacht Rangers from India mm-hmm. to, Flan- to Flanders. Flanders. And he was there for about a year or so. And then the Indian Army was shifted back to Mesopotamia, Iraq today, and uh, or Iran, Iraq today. And he was there and uh, he survived it. He survived 11 years of that war. He came back to Loch Ray and left the British Army. Now, that would have been early 1919. The okay. war was over for me. Okay. It's November 18, 1919. But then John Oliver decided he was going to join us again. Maybe he missed, missed the comradeship. Long time it. It, yeah, and he yeah. went back down to, he went back over to England again. And the 1st Battalion, Connacht Rangers, has been reconstituted. Okay. Of course, the empire needed to be saved. And then men were sent out to India. Yes. And that was... October 1919, mm-hmm. and of course, John Oliver did get involved in the Connacht Ranger mutiny in June 1920. And that's a great story. It's a story yeah. for another yeah. day now, yeah. in a fairness joke, because yeah. it's, yeah. a, it's a very thing. And uh, fair play to you. There's a company in the, the Lockray Memorial Group, and fair play for, for doing that. Well, I didn't that. mention there's Coleman and Councillor Michael Maher is involved yes. as well. Yes, yeah, that's right. Is that yeah, the yeah. three? That's, that's the three. That's the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's enough. And... I think I missed it. I'd love to have seen the... Did you, did you put on something last year? Or should COVID has everything Well, we, 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 we do it on the 11th every year. We have a little service over there at the thing and we read out a few names and we have a couple of poems and we say a prayer and um, that's it, really. It's uh, the... Um, there's talks this year, or I remember something came up there this year that it was the two world wars that, uh, that the... that Remembrance Day and now they're actually pushing that there should be more wars included 
in, yeah, in those I things. I mean, so, there yeah. was a lot more work. We, we have our own National Day of Commemoration, of course, around the month of July. Okay. And maybe that's another way of approaching all this. You know, we, we, you know, yeah. November seems to come up as, as a traditional thing. Really, it is yeah, a true, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it's like to see the over in London yeah. and there's very, very aged people now going yeah. through there yeah, yeah, now. That's right, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably the bush. Yeah. Come here, Joe. We're coming near the end. You have a lovely piece of music. You were saying you don't have a great ear. This is a lovely piece of music. Uh, the Ashokan. Ashokan. Farewell. Farewell. Um, there used to be a program on the television. You'll probably find it on the Sky History Channels or something like that. Mm. I, I found it on the PBS American Channel. And it was the American Civil War. And I believe the theme tune of that was this tune. Now, I have no great ear for music but I'm good to associate a piece of music with a, a place or a thing. Mm. And uh, this is the tune they played out. I believe it's a modern American tune done by a man called, or written by a man called Jay Unger. I think it's, it's no more than 25 or 30 years old. And I believe it's for a fiddle, really. And I believe as well, from a musician, it's a difficult enough one to play. Okay, we'll yeah. take Joe, come here. Thanks for coming in. Fair no play to you. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, you met it in from Barna. And uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, actually, it's my Cullen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's my Cullen. It's my Cullen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good to get that correct. Thanks very much, Joe.